Today's the day where people around the country bust through doors in the early morning just to get that item that they were looking for. Or is it? Black Friday was typically the day where stores that were in the red most of the year would have great financial gains and go into the black, hence the name Black Friday. But is our economy too far gone? Do people want those items or do they need those items for the holiday season? We're going to talk about this and so much more on the headlines of today. Sit back, grab yourself a cup of coffee or whatever it is that you're into. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden on the America Out Loud Network. Welcome back, Bold Americans. Hope that everybody had a wonderful Thanksgiving Day holiday with yours. I know I had a great Thanksgiving holiday with mine. Went around the table and I said to everybody, okay, before uh, we can say the prayer and start eating our meal, everybody's got to list one thing that they're thankful for. And I started with the children and the children gave the answer of family. And it was kind of a continued answer of family to the point where I felt like they were plagiarizing one another's answers until you get to my own daughter who says, I'm thankful for the internet. (laughs) You know what? I'm thankful for the internet as well because it's because of the internet we can disseminate all of this information. And it wasn't until we got to my father-in-law, he says, I'm thankful for my wife. You know, took my answer right from out from under me. So I couldn't plagiarize that one. Uh, So instead, I I said to everybody, I'm thankful that we got another year gathered at this table together because I was. Now, as we come out of Thanksgiving, we're now getting into the season of capitalism, season of businesses trying to become financially in the black, hence the name Black Friday. Now, where did that name come from? Well, if you go all the way back to the United States gold markets of 1869, there was a huge crash in that market and it became known as Black Friday. Uh, That was the original. It was not part of the Thanksgiving kickoff of holiday shopping, but it was really just about a financial crisis that people were having. Um, And so that's where uh, the term comes from. It's not until about the 1950s that retailers uh, get behind it. And it was just as I said, if they were in the red, they would want to get into the black uh, before the holiday season to close out their year. And so hence um, Black Friday began. Now, I'm also told that that is also a uh, poor story. For where it came from. The real history of Black Friday is not really what retailers would have you believe. It actually comes close to me here in Delaware, right up the road in Philadelphia. See, back in the 1950s, police in the city of Philadelphia used the term Black Friday to talk about the chaos that happened after Thanksgiving when there were tons of suburban shoppers that flooded into the city in advance of the Army-Navy football game held on the Saturday every year. And as a result, Philadelphia cops could not take the day off and they had to work extra long shifts to deal with all the crowds and all the different shopping. And so 
the shoplifters in Philadelphia would start taking advantage of the fact that uh, there was craziness in the stores and they started making off with merchandise. And that added to the law enforcement problems of the day, covering the Army-Navy game, covering all these additional shoppers, and then all the uh, people that were shoplifting. And then in 1961, uh, Black Friday had really caught on in Philadelphia. And the merchants and stores, uh, they tried to change the name to Big Friday in order to take away the negative connotations. But the term didn't spread to the rest of the country until much later. And then by 1985, uh, we saw that sometime around there, people kind of reinvented Black Friday to turn into something that was positive. And uh, as a result, that was the red to black concept that I told you as the second part of the story. And so the notion of Thanksgiving marked as the occasion when stores would turn a profit. Uh, so that's, uh, that's kind of like the, the history behind it, but it does have some darker roots, which leads me to the, the thought process of when will the current culture cancel the word Black Friday? Or has the more accepted red to black now been more accepted? Now, there are also uh, big days in the uh, virtual worlds called Cyber Monday. Now, Cyber Monday started a while ago uh, to take people out of the traditional retail stores and move them over to the web where you can purchase and never have to leave your home. That's how I do most of my shopping. But there is a major problem in America right now for those that are looking forward to their Black Friday online sales and their Cyber Monday sales. If you haven't heard the news, Make Amazon Pay, the campaign, it's being run by uh, Amazon warehouse workers. Well, a global strike was called for today on Black Friday in the early morning. As a result, thousands of Amazon warehouse workers have staged a strike across 40 different countries, which include the United States and Germany over the pay and working conditions that they faced. So again, that day of protest today is called Make Amazon Pay Day. As of right now, um, there is a Make Amazon Pay that is trending on Twitter. Um, no idea how long this intends to go on for, uh, but in the United States, so far, we see strike action in Bessemer, Alabama, Columbia, Maryland, Detroit, Michigan, Dorn, North Carolina, uh, and Garner, uh, Juliet, Illinois, Philadelphia, in Pennsylvania, and Portland, Oregon, followed by Washington, D.C. That's some major centers here. Now, we also have a, uh, a major center here in Delaware, where I live, and I have not heard of any strikes there, but the photos are coming out. This is going to create a really tough start to the holiday shopping season for many Americans, as well as those around the world as Amazon is one of the top shopping locations that people can get their goods from. Uh, that's one of their best options other than I guess Alibaba would be if you're over in the Asian area, uh, you might use uh, Alibaba, but Amazon is the top, I think, retail seller around. Now, other countries that are going to be directly impacted today by the strike, Argentina, Australia, Austria, Bangladesh, Belgium, Brazil, uh, Cambodia, Canada, the Czech Republic, France, Germany, Hungary, India, Japan, Netherlands, Poland, Slovakia, South Africa, and Turkey. That's a long list. 
Uh, so the, the idea behind this is they're uh, trying to file for their collective bargaining rights, uh, trying to get better pay, better working conditions. I know people who have worked at Amazon, and I'm pretty sure that it's pretty close to uh, the ring of hell, one of the rings of hell at least, in Dante's Inferno. Uh, from what it sounds like, these are not good working conditions for anybody uh, that could be going out there. Now, as we are talking about Black Friday today, and we're thinking about you know the sales and everything else, were there doorbusters that were going on here in 2022? One of the great things that I saw happen this year is businesses closed finally for Thanksgiving. There was a, a trend for almost a decade where there is pressure on businesses opening by 4 p.m., 5 p.m. to get an early head start. And I, I hated that. It took people away from their families. In fact, I was at my local Wawa, which is a convenience store here in the Northeast. So my local Wawa on Wednesday, and the kid said to me, he goes, you looking forward to Thanksgiving? I said, yeah, I am. I'm getting my ice. And uh, I said, how about yourself? He goes, oh, I'll be working to the 10. It just made me feel sad that like, Here's a day where we gather together around a table or have the opportunity to do so. And, you know, everything's open. You know, I miss the days when I was growing up as a child where there were uh, days that you could guarantee the businesses weren't open. Do you remember how Sundays things wouldn't be open? Uh, anybody else remember that? Is it just me? Uh, I remember you couldn't go to a store on a Sunday when I was a child. And then Sunday hours started coming in and they were shortened hours. And now Sundays are almost just as long as all the other days. Uh, I also remember on holidays that you couldn't go to stores. You know, if it was um, Christmas, if it was even the 4th of July in a lot of places, you wouldn't be able to. Now, you know, 4th of July, you still have businesses that are opening up, grocery stores and everything else. And so when I was going through to find out if there were doorbusters this year, I found that there didn't really seem to be the doorbusters of previous years. And I can only believe that the reason why uh, there aren't these uh, huge lines of people, I'm sure there's still huge lines that were gathering this morning, but the only reason why uh, people aren't as excited is because of the economy. People are trying to choose what they are purchasing. Thanksgiving dinner just cost a record amount of money for people, right? I, I think that someone said that to put just a regular Thanksgiving meal for a family of four this year was going to be $248. You can imagine if you're doing that meal then for 15 people, 30 people, uh, it's going to get uh, exponentially more expensive. On top of that, with inflation uh, of goods and a shortage of supplies, uh, people likely have what they want right now. I think it's going to be a light Christmas uh, compared to what we have seen in other holiday seasons. So I'm not seeing the uh, doorbusters and that that big deals, and I'll be curious to see where the financials go if 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 we have a uh, a large uh, influx of cash coming in during this holiday season, or if Joe Biden's America and inflation around the world has really slowed down the spending. Uh, th this should be an interesting story to follow as we get into the holiday season. Now. A story that I'm following that broke uh, over the past couple days, but now the, the evidence is out there and I've got my eyes on the forums finally in order to be able to talk about. Uh, and I know that I did 
a bunch of shows leading up to Thanksgiving about just thankfulness, but now it's time to do some shows about content that matters to you and I, things that we should be paying attention to. Do you remember the, um, Nina Jankowicz? Uh, she was supposed to be part of the disinformation committee that Joe Biden was putting together. I did a show about her a while ago about how uh, she herself had spread uh, misinformation, disinformation, and now she was being appointed to this kind of task force to strike down anything that was disinformation in the world. Well, 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 guess what has just come out and I'm in the possession of in my hands right now. I'm in the possession of Nina Jankowicz registering as a foreign agent. That's right. She is a foreign agent and she is represented by the country of the UK working for the Center for Information Resilience. That's right. She's working for the Center for Information Resilience. It's almost like we could see this coming from a mile away. Now, she did have to disclose um, whether or not she was affiliated with a foreign government or foreign political party. And guess what? Yes, she had to answer yes to one of the questions. She is financed by a foreign government, foreign political party, foreign principal. So Joe Biden was going to put in somebody who was uh, willingly a foreign agent that was receiving grants from the UK government, including the Foreign Commonwealth and Development Office. That was her clarification on there. The uh, center that she works for is a nonprofit social enterprise founded and directed by a UK citizen, Adam Rutland, and a dual UK-US national, Ross Burley. You know I'm going to dive into that as well. I'm going to find out who they are. Uh, but yeah, how do you guys feel about a foreign agent being uh, the person that was going to be in charge of what is information and misinformation in all of this? And who is Adam Rutland? And who is Ross Burley? Well, you're going to want to grab another cup of coffee because I'm going to be diving into what type of information I can find out about them right after the break. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden on the America Out Loud Network. We'll be right back. Here on America Out Loud, we emphasize optimal health and air is the most essential element for life. The average person inhales over 35 pounds of air every day. Yet we seldom think about how to rid the air of pathogens swiftly and safely when we need to. The Genesis Fogger Plus HOCL is the only way to quickly and naturally restore air to its optimal condition. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud for a free ebook on everything you need to know about HOCL and receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you'll be ready for what's next. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn, and the harder you try, the harder it is to drift off. And today's fast-paced digital age makes it tougher. You're not alone. Poor sleep affects over 70% of us. The CDC even labeled insufficient sleep a public health epidemic. Advanced nutrition company, Healthy Cell, created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deep, and wake refreshed. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep using calming herbs, amino acids, and sleep hormone support. Over a thousand reviews with an average star rating of over 4.4 proves it works. 
Take back your sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. The spirit of American liberty and justice is woven into the soul of America Out Loud. We are the voice of a nation, the American nation, that is. This is Malcolm Out Loud. I invite you back to AmericaOutloud.com, where the fight for liberty and justice continues. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Welcome back, Bold Americans. Right before the break, I was talking to you about how Nina Jankowicz, the person that Joe Biden's administration put in charge of disinformation before she was removed because she herself had spread disinformation. Well, she is a foreign agent. She is working uh, for a foreign government and financed by one uh, and working with two people. And as you heard right before the break, uh, you heard the first part was, oh, it's just founded by a UK citizen, Adam Rutland. Well, that may not be as an innocent statement as she made on her form and disclosure, as well as a dual UK-US national, Ross Burley. Well, what can we find out about these individuals? Well, like my daughter said on Thanksgiving, she is thankful for the internet and so am I. And the reason I'm thankful for the internet is because I can quickly gather information when I need to in videos. Now, there is a video of Mr. Burley online where you can hear him call out YouTube for individuals such as Russell Brand allowing uh, to have people from uh, like Aaron Mate on his channel to talk about the gray zone and claiming the gray zone is a Russian propaganda outfit and uh, how YouTube should not allow them. Well, I'm curious about things right now like Twitter And what is actual Russian propaganda? See, the result of what Burley was stating, he himself was creating his own disinformation. Now, he is part of a major campaign by British foreign intelligence as well as British national intelligence. This should uh, really send a uh, shiver up the spines of all individuals. The fact that Joe Biden was going to put somebody in place that was working with a foreign government power in order to unite in the world what was proper information, what wasn't proper information. And so he is the founder of the Center for Information Resilience, which was this nonprofit to identify, counter, expose disinformation. And guess when this was founded? That's right. June 2020, right after the March pandemic, all of a sudden he gets uh, risen to power in order to give the Center for Information Resilience. And then isn't that the same time we all started the seeing the scourge of disinformation all over Facebook and Twitter and everywhere else? It's almost like the world's governments were all colluding against its own civilians. Now, I don't want to get too into theories here, but it certainly does not look good. Now, before he was with the Center for Information Resilience, 
It seems to not really mention the fact that he also was employed by the British Foreign Office as a role called Civilian Deployable Expert. Uh, this was part of the Whitehall Stabilization Unit, which he started back in March of 2017. During that time, uh, he was uh, working in things that were completely hidden from public view. Which brings me to the question, what exactly was he doing and how did he become head of what he's in charge of now? I mean, anybody else find it interesting that now Nina Jankowicz, who is the former director of the U.S. Department of Homeland Security's Disinformation Governance Board, is also now linked as before she got that seat. Uh, she sat on the Center for Information Resilience with Mr. Burley. And uh, it's possible that she was also involved with this other uh part of the British intelligence, according to financial disclosure uh, forms that shows that she's received thousands of dollars from both entities since 2021. That's right. So not only is she part of this new center, but she was previously an advisor to this other. So Joe Biden had to have known this. People in the administration had to have known we were hiring a foreign agent in order to influence what is information and to take it. This is about control. That's what this is about. This is about control. Uh, as Elon Musk has just recently put out, he, he put out a, a statement about, you know, how do people feel about the culture war? And the responses that he's receiving have been in the, well, thousands. Uh, everything from blaming the left for all the problems, blaming the right for all the problems. Now, it's interesting. Somebody wrote on the left that, well, one side is delusional and the other side is a part that cares about people and has uh, science, uh, backed by science. And they were claiming that the left is the side that is backed by science. I have a quick response to that in the, in the culture war. And this is a hot take. I don't like hot takes, but this is a hot take because I reflected on it after I read it. And then we'll get into this other individual who uh, Nina Jankowicz is tied to. If the Democrats claim to be the party of science, uh, can we now just label human life in the womb as a human life, you know, because of science? And then can we just call an abortion what it is, the termination of a human life before birth? Because again, science. See, the terminology uh, that matches the science um, and this want to try to dehumanize a fetus in the womb, it's all just about making people feel better about what their actions are and what they're doing. And that's the truth of the matter. And that's not something that's trying to make a statement about being anti-abortion, pro-abortion. That's a statement of the hypocrisy of the left to want to have feel good terminology about things instead of actually dealing with the science. So this, this concept that the left is the moral authority on science. Well, that also fell apart the entire time during the entire COVID crisis. Um, cause right now I just heard Dr. Jaw say about the science. He's the new medical expert for Biden that people should really, um, uh, pay attention to 
the type of information they're giving out about the vaccines because they could be harming people's lives. Uh, I'm sorry, but look, if you're getting your idea of whether or not to be vaccinated from my podcast, well, I, number one, it's your personal choice. I'm simply going to give you the other information. Dr. Ja tried to discredit all the other doctors, saying that there's no uh, reasonable doctors that are telling you not to get this, which is a load of crap. Uh, that is not true whatsoever. Um, it's bought and paid for the news that's being brought to you. I will continue to spread information, not disinformation, information that helps make you more informed so you can make the best decision for yourself. I'm not going to tell anybody not to get vaccinated. I'm going to tell people, look at the evidence that you have in front of yourselves, look from all sides and make the choice that's best for you. That is the important part. So this, this idea culture war that all of a sudden the left has this moral high ground is completely uh, it's it's ugly and deceptive, and I, I don't stand for it. In fact, I think that the divide is actually something that people want. That people want for control. The longer they can keep us divided and from seeing our humanity for one another, the easier it is to control us. I think that's really where things are. All right, so back to Ross Burley. I got to stay focused here in my last half of the show. Uh, so talking about who he is, I, I looked up his LinkedIn profile. He talks about being the co-founder and executive director of the Center for Information Resilience, a nonprofit social enterprise focused on identifying and countering influence operations, including disinformation. I'm a former UK civil servant from the Foreign Commonwealth and Development Office, serving overseas and in London. I remain a member of the UK government stabilization unit. I've also worked in the private sector, focusing on strategic communications. I can speak relentlessly curious. I have a background in anthropology with an MSc and BA in anthropology from Oxford University. Um, his experience, he talks about having been a civilian deployable expert, which is what I was uh, talking about from March 2017, and now the Center for Information Resilience. So who's this other guy that's listed on the um, form, Adam Rutland. Well, I looked up Adam Rutland to try to see if I could find out, you know, who he stands for. And uh, his information is a little bit more hidden on LinkedIn. He doesn't just put it out there, but he does talk about being a diplomat, foreign and commonwealth, from June 2004 to June 2018. And then he is the executive director starting in June 2018, so even before uh, Ross Burley started getting involved in this until the present for the Center for Information Resilience. So could somebody please explain to me how somebody can claim to be the co-founder and executive director for the Center for Information Resilience starting in 2020? And then when I look at Adam, who's listed on this form, he is the executive director starting in June 2018. Well, that got awkward real quick. Somebody's not telling the truth on some of this information. Uh, either it existed back in 2018 and he was the executive director, or it started in 2020 when this person claims to be the founder of it. Both statements don't seem like they can accurately be true. I could be wrong, but I, it just does not seem to, to be uh, valid. Now, there's uh, some other people in England, uh, this 
Professor Adam Rutland is at the University of Exeter, but I don't know that that is the same gentleman uh, that was a diplomat. So I tried to get a little bit uh, closer, and what I found out is, no, it's not the same as the psychologist, that this Adam Rutland is actually born around what's believed to be 1978. Uh, But get this, that zinc network that I was talking about earlier, uh, that this other guy was um, involved in, Ross, well, the zinc network has gone back to 2012. And that is a privately owned communication agency supporting communities and brands and government drives, meaning government information that they want to get out there. These are really powerful people uh, that are um, helping to control a narrative in the world. Uh, because this was part of the UK government um, that said it was privately owned back then, uh, but it's also been based out of Australia, Sydney, Australia, for the, you know what I can find here. Again, that's just me trying to get a little bit of information uh, quickly for my show today, uh, but I think I can probably come up with some more info as we go. So, Nina Jankowicz, the Biden administration, thank you for trying to sell us out to a foreign agent. Thank you for helping to spread your own misinformation, disinformation. And like my daughter said, I'm thankful for the internet because it's exposing what is out there right now. And for that, I am very, very grateful. Very grateful. Also, uh, there's been some other stories that are going out. I, I watched a film the other day, Died Suddenly. Now, Died Suddenly, I had some problems with. If anyone's watched this film yet, it's talking about how all of these um, embalmers are pulling out these blood clots that started allegedly after the vaccines. Here's where y- y- the, the film kind of loses me a bit. The film loses me on the fact that they continue to go back to the theories of, you know, just imagery of 9-11 and so many other things. And you're going to lose your audience. um, And it comes across much more conspiracy theory than factual. So one of the things I'm going to work on in order to uh, see what type of information is actually out there I'm going to start calling around to embalmers and seeing if I can find people that are willing to speak with me completely independent from that film. Because if this is an issue that they're saying is so widespread, then it should not be difficult for me to find the same exact stories here in my local community where the vaccine rates are identical to the rest of the country. I should be able to find my own little microcosm of this information. If I cannot find that information when I make the phone calls, then that leads me to believe that I may be debunking what is presented in this film. And I think it's important for independent journalists, for podcasters that offer this type of info to do that research. And so I'm willing to put in the work, just as I put in the work on FTX to try to expose what I was learning uh, during that time. It's, It's very important that we follow up on stories and we just don't go with whatever the big information that's out there. It's also one of the reasons I wanted to kind of take a little bit of a break from everything this past week and be able to do a little bit more research and prepare my shows moving forward. I'm coming up on my 
100th show. And I'm not sure uh, if anybody would like to do this with me, but uh, this is show number 98, which means Monday will be 99 and Tuesday will be number 100. So on Monday evening, if anybody would like to join me on my Twitter page at Real Greg Bolden, I'm going to record my 100th show live on a Zoom session that any of my listeners can join in on and ask questions. I'll even bring some people on to participate in the conversation. I'll have your mics muted and uh, you can kind of raise your hand in the conversation and we can talk. But I'd like to uh, gather some community for next Tuesday's 100th episode. So again, I'll, I'll get a, a Zoom link out to individuals that would like to join in. Uh, raise your hand, participate. We'll have a good time. Uh, you can meet me. I can meet some of my listeners. I'm going to look forward to that and we'll make a special episode number 100 with everybody. Again, that will be on Monday night, November. Uh, what's that? The 28th, I believe. Yes. November 28th, Monday night, uh, likely around seven or 8 PM Eastern standard time. I'll put more information out about that. I'm thinking maybe seven that should give people on the West coast some time, maybe, maybe eight's better for work. I don't know, but I will figure that out talking out loud here. this is a nice part of doing a nice little live part of a podcast each day. Anyway, I hope I honored your time. Well, I uh, gave you some things to think about, about Nina Jankowicz and the foreign agent government taught you a little bit about uh, black Friday and where the terminology first came from and how it's being used here uh, now in modern history. Uh, that's it. Uh, I will be back next week on Monday for show number 99, and then I'll be recording Monday night for Tuesday, and hopefully you can all join in. Thanks, everybody. You've been listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden on the America Out Loud Network.